Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely blessed day today, as always, and I will be on the Hagman Show tonight, as normal, on Friday night, and so we got a lot of stuff we're going to be going and talking about on that show, as always. And again, I want to encourage if anybody needs any supplements, vitamins, any nutritional aspects, be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com. We do our best to provide you with the highest quality nutrients uh, pretty much in the world. I mean, there's stuff that I've sourced from all over the globe. And so we do that to try to bring the best, highest quality nutrients we can get for you. And we do have the Tongat Allium Tribulus back in stock. We're delayed about a week on that because that stuff comes out of Europe. And so that is back on the shelves, ready to go. We've filled all the orders. They were hung up for a few days. But again, thank you for the support. And be sure to check out the product of the week, the super potent E vitamin E formula, Mixacoferol. Very, very good formula, incredibly good for the cardiovascular system, very good for neuroprotective properties, and also very, very good to help out with circulation. So be sure to check that out. And I told you guys the other day, we're going to put it on sale the HGH Stimulate Powder, the one and only, great for blood flow, great for oxygen to the brain, great for energy and also helping out with workout stamina and muscle endurance. I put on the sale for over 20% off right now, so you guys check that out if you haven't tried it yet. Incredibly effective product, one of our number one products that we've had for years. I don't normally put it on sale that much. But we got a big shipment of it in, and I've gotten a lot of emails over the last month of people asking me that, you know, pretty much have gotten the shot. A lot of people have gotten the shot, and they've complied. And a lot of people are really, really regretful they have gotten this shot with the spike protein and all the other nonsense and alleged graphene oxide. And people have asked, you know, what's the best thing to do to help out with circulation? Because a lot of people are really, really concerned about circulation issues because of what is coming about now with this shot. And I've told people repeatedly, well, if you want to maintain healthy circulation, the vitamin E, the HGH stimulant, and the CoQ10, those three are really, really good for overall circulation and also help out keeping the blood flow good and the heart strong. And if you really want to add a fourth one in there, the magnesium brain food, which is a also very effective product, but just some tips there for some nutrients to help out with overall circulation health and just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that. Other than that, how are you doing this morning, Dad? Well, good morning, Austin. I just turned my iPad off to reboot it, but I'm doing great. I wasn't expecting to come on as quite as quick as that, so let me give you let me boot this thing back up again. I was just kind of doing my little busy work here, uh, but I'm I'm doing absolutely wonderful. In fact, I got a really good email from Brad Parton, and I really like this email, and I wanted to read it to you because he was talking about communication and how important it is as far as verbal and communication. And I want to say one thing real quick about this too you know we have nonverbal communication as far as body language is one of the most important types of communication that we have in other words if a person is watching you speak 80 percent of what they hear and 80 percent of the communication that's coming from you is your body language not the words coming out of your mouth and so when you take a young child and you muzzle that child and you put a rag or a mask across their face all you can see is a little eye slit all the communication of moving the mouth, moving the nose, moving the lips, all of that goes away. 
And you know, you can't see him smiling, you can't see him laughing. So a big percentage of the communication skills are completely and totally destroyed immediately. Just, I mean, just instantaneously, which then at that point causes a major problem as far as developmental skills. You know, when a young child is watching his parents speak, he's watching the lips move. He's seeing how he's supposed to move his lips to formulate certain words, certain attitudes, certain behavioral positions. He wants to see what your parents are doing to teach him how to speak. And Austin talked about this yesterday about how so many of these young kids now are having to go to speech therapy lessons because they've had these masks on since they were two or three years old by these parents that are basically not thinking through this. I'm trying to be nice here because parents are sometimes being told lies that their children have to wear masks in order to stay alive, which is a complete lie. And that parent doesn't go in and do research to find out that it's a complete lie. And they, and they cause the developmental neurological damage to these children. And these children at this point become very withdrawn, very introspective, and they really can't communicate. And then they end up not basically being good communicators. And this is the problem that we see now. And then they want to go into their little metaverse and just go into their own little really out reality world. Human beings and speech is a very complex thing that humans do. Notice monkeys don't talk. Giraffes don't talk. Nothing else on the planet talks but us. We're it. And it's very, very complicated and very, very neurologically important to learn how to do this at a very, very young age. And I want to read just some Brad right here. It says, I said, Austin on Wednesday, basically he stopped by, he said he stopped by the office to pick up some supplements to Austin and he learned basically a lot of stuff about verbal communication with his students. And he, gave, and he believes that this lack of verbal communication is an intended consequence of the globalists along with the forced compliance, you know, that's been rammed down these kids' throats for mandates restrictions due to COVID and masks. Some other factors that I think play a large part in the lack of verbal communication are smartphones and earbuds. And Brad's exactly right. So a lot of these kids will carry their smartphones and carry their earbuds wherever they go. They don't even bother to try to talk to their friends because they're listening to music or they're listening to other things via the earbuds. And this is what happens all of the time. You know, with these young kids, they, they retreat into their own virtual world with unintended consequence of losing the basic skill of expressing their feelings through words. Kids, especially males, also many times suffer visible testosterone deficiencies due to all of the endocrine disruption caused by a multitude of factors that we've talked about on this show for years and years and years, including soy protein. And this lack of testosterone, this deficiency causes a lot of these young boys to develop low self-esteem or no self-esteem, put it that way causing a shortfall in their overall confidence level, resulting in them choosing not to speak up and be heard as they did in the past. Brad goes on to say, as a teacher, I have seen a dramatic shift in this unfortunate turn of events in the last three years with COVID. Let me implore any and all parents listening to the show to talk to your children, listen to them, and have them put their phones away, speak to each other around the dinner table again. Once humans lose the skill of communication between individuals, that skill may not be restored properly. And see, and this is so important that we get this, and Brad's 100% right. If we really think that we can continue just to do this and muzzle our people and muzzle our friends and muzzle our, our, our acquaintances, and, and you know, this is why Austin and I have been more adamant about what's going on with, uh, how should I say, the masks than anybody else. A lot of, we've, we've taken a lot of heat and a lot of criticism for that because we're like – People say, just wear the stupid mask and quit complaining. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. 
because it's not just a mask. It's the symbolism of what it represents, and it's important that we understand that. And I really appreciate Brad sending me that email because he's seeing it now at the high school level, and it's not going to stop. You know, when you are when you're a 14 year old kid, and you're just coming into pubescence, you're maybe 13 or 14 or 12 or whatever, and and you're a young guy, and, and you're seeing other guys interact and other guys you know, working out and other guys playing football or playing sports and you start seeing the relationship between men and women and girls and boys and you start realizing that there's something more to life than just, you know, sitting around and hanging out with your buds, which some people never get past that, but that's one of the things you've got to get grow up past. And you start to realize that there are complex social interaction skills that have to be developed. They really are. I remember years ago, when I was like 15 years old, I started going to a gym in Winter Haven. And it was a, it was a basically, it was, a, it was not a co-ed gym. It was, it was basically a bunch of alpha males all working out. There were no gays. There were no queers in the gym at all that we knew of. We didn't know any of those. You know, everybody had girlfriends or a lot of them were married. A lot of them were successful business leaders. And as a young man who was 15 years old, I learned to interact with older alpha males who were most of the time very, very successful and concerned about their health and eating right and being in good shape. And I developed a peer group interaction that I was able to go into a gym and talk to people. We still see it today in gyms. The problem is now it's primarily always co-ed. And I hate to say this, but a lot of the girls were a lot of really provocative stuff just to troll in some cases in order to try to find a boyfriend. And, and it makes it very distracting going to that gym and try to work out and not be looking at the girls. If you're an alpha male and if you've got testosterone and if you're not weird, that's what you have a tendency to do. The, the problem is a lot of that's being taken away from us now. A lot of now we're, we're being told that, you know, we can't do this, we can't do that. L.A. right now is in a giant mess. They don't know what to do. These people in these high-end neighborhoods are being basically robbed. They're coming in and they're robbing them. One lady was robbed basically at gunpoint, and she had armed security with her, and they robbed her around the armed security. The armed security couldn't be worth a hoot for letting that happen. But the reality is is that they're not knowing what to do. They're saying the societal norms of what they thought they needed to have have been completely changed. Here, here's, 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 here's what they say. This is, this, this, is, this is interesting. And it says, it says, throughout the fall and the winter, a wave of inexplicable violence and mayhem seemed to have descended on Los Angeles, and it's appeared to be getting worse. You know, and see, as the, that very morning, news broke yet another sensational crime. Jacqueline Avant, a beloved philanthropist, wife of a music icon, Clarence Avant, and mother-in-law to Netflix CEO Ted Serranos, one of the most powerful men in Hollywood, had been fatally shot in a Trousdale Estates Beverly home, and the latest in a series of random home invasions that has terrorized these individuals. Now, guys, listen to me. L.A. has basically gotten to a point where nobody wants to live there anymore. They're having smashing grabs at the high-end stores, and, and nobody really understands what the rules are anymore because of political correctness. That's what's happening here. You, you can't go out and say anything to anybody who's stealing and robbing because nobody understands you know, what the rules are anymore. Well, it's, it's because they're socially – you know, mis- mal- mal- malform- malformed. They have they haven't had the right, you know, upbringing. It's not their fault that they're stealing and robbing and killing and doing everything else. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's their fault. The problem is, is that somewhere in time here, we've ended up getting these liberals in charge, and now they don't want to prosecute people for crimes. 
Now, I, I realize that there's a lot of problems as far as people being raised improperly. I got that. I realize there's a lot of people out there that didn't have proper daddies and mommies who were supposed to tell them what to do and what not to do. But, guys, here's the thing. You know intrinsically that you're not supposed to break into somebody's house at 2 o'clock in the morning and steal their stuff and beat these people half to death or kill them. That's not okay. Nobody has to tell you that that's wrong. But apparently with these liberals, they've got themselves to such a point of political correctness, they're scared to say anything about anyone or about anything because of being, quote-unquote, being mean or being using hate speech. And that's what they're getting now. They're reaping what they've sown out in Los Angeles, and that's why people are leaving those cities and these major Democratic strongholds by the droves. You know, Governor DeSantis now has come out with a bunch of sandals that he's selling on his website telling Fauci to pound sand. He's had enough of it. He said he wants nothing to do with Fauci. In fact, I agree with DeSantis and a lot of other people now. We've, I've been saying this for years. Why hasn't the man been fired? I just want to know that. Why hasn't he been fired? Well, I can tell you why, because he's doing exactly what BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard want him to do. And once you understand that all of these people have basically gotten themselves into the cabinets of governments, then you start to realize that you know they do what they're told to do by the higher-ups. Here's a really good article. It says, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum has penetrated the cabinets of governments. Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, and said that Angela Merkel and Vladimir Putin have been young global leaders in the World Economic Forum. Of course they have. He said that they are very proud of the young generation like Prime Minister Trudeau and the president of Argentina because the WEF has penetrated the cabinets of their governments and more than half of Trudeau's cabinet are global leaders in the WEF. Wait a minute. Has this, is this not exactly what I've told you about? The unbelievable systemic corruption that goes all the way up? This is why we're not seeing change. This is why Trump was doing what he was told to do. The entire group of people that run the planet through State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard are also in the cabinets, in the committees, in the positions of power and leadership like Fauci, and they're being told what to do from the higher-ups. And until we have a purge of these people and get them out of the positions of power they've been placed in, nothing's going to change. And nothing's going to change with that because the pastors have also been basically compromised. So until the pastors get changed out from the leaderships of their satanic, masonic boards, and they start telling the truth, look what the truckers have done. The truckers in Canada have dragged Canada into a complete standstill because they said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not, you're not going to force us to take a clot shot. And now people are saying, look, if you want to take a shot, take a shot, but you can't force us to do it. And, guys, this is what we have to have for the resolve until the pastors in the pulpit wake up. Now, there's some, there's some good preachers out there, and they're telling the truth. But then you got these stupid ones that are going out and telling everybody to take the clot shot. They're idiots. I'm just going to be blunt, blunt with you guys. If a pastor wants to take a shot, that's his choice. I have no problem with that. But when he tells his church to take the shot, he's being an idiot. He really is. Because what he's doing is he's basically wolf in sheep's clothing, and he's telling his congregation basically to commit suicide, so to speak, with these doggone shots that can be playing Russian roulette with your cardiovascular system. And yet we still have pastors doing that. And I have to be honest with you. If a pastor, like I said, if a pastor wants to take a shot, or he just doesn't know, I'm really confused by that. I really am. I don't understand any of that. I don't understand why anybody takes these shots. I don't understand why somebody drinks fluoride. 
That's not far my, my reasoning goes. I don't understand why somebody takes tricyclic antidepressants or serotonin reuptake inhibitors or why somebody lives on soy protein. I don't understand any of it. But if they want to do it, that's okay. But don't tell other people to do it. That's the problem that I have. Let people make their own decisions. If you, if you, if you wanted to do this, okay, I'm going to tell you all the good parts about the shot. I'm going to tell you all the bad parts about the shot. Okay, here are the good parts about the shot. Uh, well, there, there, well, there are no good parts. Okay, well, here are the bad parts. But make your own mind up. Okay, do that. At least give them both sides of the narrative and say, okay, this is what they believe. This is what they say. This is the results. These are the statistics analysis of what's happening to the people taking the shot. And if you do that, if you do that, then if you want to, whatever you want to do is entirely up to the person who's listening to you. And guys, listen to me. Here's the thing. Most pastors are pathetic leaders. This is pathetic. They're pathetic. You know, they really are. I mean, why are they not at the school board meetings talking about transgenders? Hmm? Why are they not at the school board, school board meeting talking about critical race theory? Why are they not down at the doggone abortion clinics promoting, you know, you know, picketing the abortion clinics like they used to do? Why are pastors not out there promoting and talking about what the Bible says about homosexuality and how it's not okay? Why are they not doing that? But they don't do any of that, most of them. And see, the reason for that is they get a cushy job working very few hours many of them they, they, they really a lot of them don't really work much at all when you get to the higher levels they just basically do their services on sunday morning and maybe sunday night or sometimes they now they've eliminated sunday night service a lot of them eliminated wednesday night service so they speak for one hour on sunday mornings and have an entire week to prep for that and a lot of them aren't even involved in the administrative duties at the church any longer so they got a lot of extra time they could be going to the school board meetings and they could be raising cane and pitching a fit well, we don't want them out there picketing in front of our church. Why not? Why do you not want them out there picking in front of your church? Do you, not, you, do you not want to tell the people the truth of what the Bible says? Apparently not. You see, I, I find it admirable when a church pastor comes out and says something with the word of God and aligns with it, and all of a sudden he's got a group of people picketing in front of his church. I think that's great. I think it's absolutely awesome that they're willing to take that stand for God's word. I do. But they don't do that anymore. They want to go with the flow, go with the flow, get along to go along, go along to get along. That's what they say. I've heard them say it over and over again. And the sad part about it is sooner or later, somebody's got to say no. Sooner or later, somebody's got to stand for the word of God. And until they do that, nothing's going to change. Because now we find out that Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forums, promoting Putin, which I told you he was already being controlled by the New World Order because they control the central bank in Russia. He's probably a high-level 33-degree mason, to be honest with you. Now, don't get me wrong. They have put him in front of us as some kind of example from a leadership standpoint because he sure is a whole lot better. But remember, he was also promoting and pushing the clot shot in Russia. Don't forget that. But, you know, Putin needs to realize, and everybody needs to realize, that unless we go back to the word of God, it's not going to change. This is why Donald Trump is constantly pushed back in front of us, pushed back in front of us, pushed back in front of us. You know, why the country burns in the Democratic strongholds and people are being robbed, they can't even walk down the streets anymore. We're being told basically that everything is good. Everything is going great. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. Okay? We, the people of the United States, have allowed our country to be eroded and our rights to be eroded, our God-given rights. And we've got to take a stand. I talked about it yesterday when you got to plug out of a boat and it starts to fill with water. Sooner or later, you got to turn the pumps on, bail the boat, or put the hole in the plug. Otherwise, the boat sinks, and that's where the United States is headed. So, guys, just you know, remember that. Remember that, this little, little 
preaching that I did for you this morning. You know, we've got to get the preachers in the pulpit to stand. But they've been so trained, haven't they? If you say something the wrong way from the pulpit, your your deacon board that's masonically controlled in many cases is going to come in and talk to you about it. And if you don't listen to them, you're going to basically lose your job. Well, that makes you a hireling, doesn't it? Are you still a leader for the church? Are you still responsible for the souls of the people there? You've not had it with hirelings. I had a guy that I knew years ago, just a hireling. He had no interest in the people in the church, had no interest, didn't even want to have office hours, didn't want to go visit people in hospitals, didn't want to do anything. He was just there because they were paying him $85,000 a year because he just didn't he didn't care. He finally ran the church to the ground. It went out of business. No, it did. It's a business. It went out of business. It, it, it didn't make a difference to him. It didn't make any difference that people were leaving and hemorrhaging the church. He was not going to take a stand and do what was right. He wasn't going to. He wasn't a leader. He found a cushy, cushy job as a pastor, and that's all he cared about. Now, they're not, all pastors are not like that. A lot of people, a lot of pastors are really dedicated to being a Christian and dedicated to being a leader in the church and dedicated to praying with the sick and going out and visiting people and doing all the things pastors are supposed to do. But a lot of them aren't guys, especially the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it churches. These guys are more interested in their lifestyles and whose yacht they're on this week. I know them. I know a bunch of them. And so the, those are the ones that I'm talking about right now and also the local community pastors who have been so beaten down by their board of directors and their elders and the deacons because they put the wrong people in the wrong place because these people are basically not even real Christians. I, I, I knew one guy. He was he was on the board. Pretty soon you find out he's got multiple girlfriends running around on his wife, all kinds of crazy junk. And he, you know, he wants everybody to believe he's one thing, and he's not. you got to be careful when you start putting people on – elders and deacon committees and everything else to, to basically help run the church because if you don't have key people in the right positions it's nothing's going to change and that's why i really urge a lot of you you start doing bible studies in your home you know, start having people come over start telling them the truth start becoming more and more vocal give people the links to the ted and awesome brower show that's all we can do i i can't be any more vocal than i am I, like I told you guys a few days ago, I ripped a Band-Aid off this thing two, three years ago as far as political correctness. I don't do any of it anymore at all. I don't care. At this point in time, what difference does it make? The country is going to hell in a handbasket. So why in the world do we think being nice about stuff and pretending like these people don't matter, pretending like these people aren't having any influence is going to be okay? Because they're having a huge influence. Wait until you see the next satanic halftime ceremony at the Super Bowl. And why are you watching the NFL if that's what they're promoting? I'm just saying that. Why are you promoting and giving these guys money? It's not even registered as a sport. It's registered as entertainment. It's all rigged. Told you guys that. It's just it's something. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I mean, some of these guys are great athletes, but don't get yourself so wrapped up in it that you're hanging banners from the street, street from the house, you're putting flags out front, and everything's about who's going to win the NFL, who's going to be a Super Bowl hero or whatever. It's all obfuscation. It's smoke and mirrors. It's bread and circuses. It's basically the doggone. People in the United States, these Klaus Schwab whackbags that are running everything, giving you a distraction so you don't wake up. That's what it all boils down to. But I want to just kind of open up with that today. And, and, and I thank you, Brad, for sending that letter to me. It's really, really good. But, guys, it's time to start raising little Americans again. It's time to start raising little men again. It really is. It's time to start making little boys men and little girls ladies and realize that there is a difference between male and female. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that this morning, too. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, you, na- you nailed it on the head. That's exactly right. And, I mean, the, this is why it's an all-out war for the children. That's why you've seen these school boards continually 
trying to push for more restrictions and continued restrictions and continued mass requirements on these kids. And in many cases, as we've seen now in videos and photos, some of the teachers actually taping masks on the children's face. Now, one thing about it that is so sick about this, I saw a video from Maria Jensen, who was a mother, who absolutely tore apart the officials at the Prince Williams County School Board meeting last week, noting that other schools in the country have stayed open through the pandemic without mass mandates and operated perfectly normally without any type of uptick in children dying in the school. And that's the thing that she discussed at the beginning. She goes, why isn't anybody discussing the fact that schools that didn't wear masks and haven't been wearing masks and haven't had a lot of these restrictions, you're not seeing the children dying off in droves. You're not seeing 80% of the kids dead in the school. In fact, you haven't seen any deaths from children in the majority of those schools. Even the CDC's own numbers shows that there's only been roughly a few hundred children in the entire country in the last two years that have died allegedly from or with COVID, which if you look at the real numbers on that, you'll find that there was only a few, a select few, like a dozen or so, that didn't have significant comorbidities and other health problems. It's it, it's absolutely asinine. One thing she said, she goes, unfortunately, politics have let us believe there's only one solution, and that's mask. She said there were not child coffins lined up, as some educators in the county suggested. In fact, we've been going perfectly as normal. She goes, kids are still getting sick despite wearing masks. We are forcing healthy children home for exposure to somebody that tested positive despite them wearing masks. And so for segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite them wearing masks, so I ask you all, if the masks work, why don't they then? And she nailed it on the head. If the mask worked, then why are all these continued restrictions? Why is it that one kid in the school will test positive with no symptoms and all of a sudden everybody in the class has to stay at home for a week and quarantine even though they're perfectly fine? This is the same lunacy we've seen now in Australia where people test positive with no symptoms and yet they are told they have to go to a quarantine camp for two weeks against their will. It's absolutely out of control. And as you're seeing, so many of these things continue to be pushed. They constantly push the narrative further and longer and goalposts out further. Perfect example, the bureaucrats in the EU of the European Commission now have now proposed the bloc's COVID vaccine passport system stay in place for another year and a half despite the fact that many member countries are completely ramping down restrictions. In the notice, the commission states, today the European Commission is proposing to extend the EU digital COVID certificate by a year until June 30th, 2023. That's next summer. Now, if anybody hasn't been able to get the memo and what we've seen now in the past two years, there is no chance, there is not a snowball's chance in Florida in summer on black asphalt that this mandate for vaccine passports is going to go away by June 30th, 2023. As we have seen, and Fauci's made it very, very clear with his flip-flopping sandals, is that they'll just continue to keep pushing this. And what they'll do is they'll say, oh, we've had more cases pop up now. Oh, we've had another variant pop up now. Uh, we're going to have to continue to extend this uh, vaccine passport mandate until the end of 2024 now. Because, again, remember, this is for your safety. It's, this is all for your safety. We're, we're doing this for you because we know more about you than you do. We know how to protect you better than you do. And, you know, if you don't listen, then, well, you know, we're, we're going to have to shoot you in the face with rubber bullets for your protection because you're not wearing a mask. You know, as we've seen in Australia, you know, it's, you're not wearing a mask. I don't know I'm wearing a mask. It's my freedom, my life. Oh, boom, 
shoot you in the face with a rubber 12 gauge. Yeah, we're shooting you because it's for your safety because you're not wearing a mask. Now put your mask up or get shot again. Yeah, makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? They said the COVID-19 vaccine digital certificate when traveling into the EU where member states maintain certain public health measures needs to be extended immediately to ensure travelers are safe. Well, there we go again. For that safety, we're doing this for your safety, of course. We're making you take off your belt and your shoes and walk through an x-ray scanner to get on an airplane because it's for your safety. You understand this. It's all for your protection. We do this for you because we love and care about you. You know, and, and if, you, if you don't do it, then we get to grope you and put our hand down your pants because, you know, it's for your protection. Because here at the TSA, we like to make sure we take care of everybody. The, the one I love, and I was joking about it with Brad the other day, is in the airport when you see the placards on the floor stand six feet apart, six feet apart. Everything's six, six, six feet apart everywhere. You go through the whole airport six feet apart. You get on the plane. Uh, sir, please have a seat shoulder to shoulder next to the guy that you were just having to stand six feet apart from while both of you still wear a mask outside. You still have to wear a mask here while you guys literally are touching each other. Yeah, that that makes total sense. And then when you get off the plane and everybody's unloading their baggage and they're all squeezed in like sardines and you're all grabbing each other's luggage and handing it to each other and standing literally nose to butt to rut in the middle of the aisle. Oh, when you get off the plane, though, uh, make sure you, you stay six feet apart from one another. That's That's super important. Guys, you can't make the stupidity up. If, if I didn't personally see a lot of this stuff with my eyes and with videos, I wouldn't believe it had happened. If you told me this a couple years ago, the level of stupidity would become this high in the United States that people actually just blindly followed whatever they were told, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. I said, I will have to see. That seems a bit far-fetched like a stupid sci-fi film that did horrible at the box office that's just that that story didn't even sound legitimate but here we are right in the midst of it watching it also too in today's episode of fact checking the bumbling buffoon i saw an article earlier here where biden of course he went on one of his rambling escapades again talking about how bad guns are and how the Second Amendment wasn't so you could own firearms. It was restrictions placed on it. You couldn't buy a cannon back in when the Second Amendment was put into place. And Actually, that's a complete and total lie. There were zero restrictions on any type of firepower that a American citizen could own. There was zero. You wanted to get a blunderbuss and load it up with nails and fragments of glass? That was perfectly fine. You wanted to get a cannon? totally cool too you wanted to get multiple cannons so that's totally cool as well bit unwieldy to run around with a cannon you know attached to your horse but hey second amendment do what you want then he made a comment that was really really stupid and nobody of course in the mainstream media will even dare fact check this bumbling senile buffoon as he went on to say why are gun manufacturers the only industry in the entire country that are exempt from being sued by the public Somebody put a tweet out, and they said, uh, "They said uh, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. Uh, we're still waiting for a comment back on this on your vaccine policies." And of course, as everybody knows that has done any research, in 1986 there was laws put into place that Reagan signed that prevented vaccine manufacturers from being sued from adverse events from their shots once they basically are on a schedule. And they cannot be sued, period, at all, under any circumstances. If you get the MMR shot 
and you basically die from it or your child has horrific side effects from it, you can't sue the vaccine manufacturers. You have to go to a vaccine court and plead your case for years on end. Maybe they'll hear it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll give you some taxpayer money. Maybe they just tell you to shut up and don't say anything. It just goes up in the air. But you cannot sue the vaccine manufacturers. And the complete opposite of this, Remington Arms, if you guys know, had to file bankruptcy last year because the Sandy Hook family's frivolous lawsuit about claiming their marketing led to the shooting at the Sandy Hook, which was signed off on by the Supreme Court. So he makes these erroneous comments like this, and what irritates me is the liberal left fact checkers will go in and try to talk about what people say and blatantly lie in some cases, but yet when this clown makes idiotic comments that aren't even remotely true – it just brushes it off. That shows you right there how the media completely and totally is designed to control the narrative and why you don't believe anything they say at the very least. Double-check everything they say and call them out because now we have Google that they're going in and Yelp and Google reviews are now going in and moderating comments about people restricting businesses for forcing mask or vaccine passports. I kid you not. You know, Google reviews, Yelp reviews, which are supposed to be totally independent, basically completely open to give true reviews on businesses, restaurants, and so forth. So you can go in and get a real true idea of what that business is like and if it's some place that you basically want to visit. Well, of course, they've come in now and they've said, well, we, we are putting in our, 20, our, our new standards. If you violate our policy, we're going to have to remove these reviews if you mention specific items like vaccine or excuse me like covid restrictions and mass mandates and vaccine passports because listen those those are state and county mandates that have to be followed so we're not gonna we're not gonna allow people to leave a bad review because they refuse service for not showing their vaccine medical records when they wanted to enter the store we're just gonna have to scrub those from the list this is what happens when you have full-blown censorship and tyranny in the industry that was supposed to be the free press and open platforms. This is why all of the companies that are so big now are completely and totally owned pretty much by the same people to do the same thing, to promote the same lies. This is why they're having such a fit now with Spotify, and they're using Joe Rogan as an example because he had Dr. Malone on, and they're saying that he has to be he has to be censored, or don't say censored, he has to have this misinformation removed well guys if we reach a point to where every single platform in every single way is censored and controlled whether it's misinformation or not i could care less why is it that now the government feels like it's their responsibility to force independent companies to, to censor what's on their platforms here's the part that i have that's so irritating about this right because i mean it's like every single news agency every even the, even polowski whatever idiotic name is she's over there talking about how we're encouraging them they need to stop misinformation well didn't we hear a couple of years ago that facebook has a right to leave what up whatever they want because they're their own private company or any of these companies are their own private entity they don't they can't be held liable because you know it's a private platform but it's a public private platform well then they go well you get you need to censor this now because we don't like what people are saying well which one is it do, do these platforms have to censor it or do they not have to censor it because they're an open private option or they're a public platform why is it it only goes that direction when it fits their narrative on what they want to do this 
is the problem again when you start having digital book burning, which we're watching right now. Also, too, in other news, it's becoming more evident and starting to surface now showing how hospitals are now still chomping at the bits to collect federal funds as an incentive to diagnose patients with COVID. I've gotten two emails now in the past week from listeners and customers. One of them was a really good listener that I know and a young guy, and he told me basically about his uh, grandma who fell off a ladder, ended up having a a head injury, and went to the hospital. And, of course, they immediately swabbed her the PCR test. They made the cycle rate so high that she immediately tested positive. So they admitted her into the hospital as a COVID patient, even though she had fallen from a ladder and hurt herself and was perfectly fine before the fall. Then continue to try to do standard care treatment, giant nightmare, another story. Talk to another lady, had one of her good friends get in a car accident. They basically took her to the hospital. They came in, did a PCR test on her after they admitted her, COVID positive, treat her as a COVID patient. Now, you got to remember, here's the problem with this, guys. Here's the real problem with this. If you've got somebody that has a severe injury, like a brain injury, a concussion, or a broken bone, and they're basically there and they're perfectly healthy other than that injury, and now all of a sudden you start giving them remdesivir or antiviral antibiotics and some of the other platforms that they put them on, you are going to literally kill that individual. And that's exactly what we see happening now. There's another story that I just read on Project Veritas. They released a video yesterday of whistleblower Gene Stagg who's working as a senior administrative nurse at the United Healthcare in Louisiana. She came forward on Veritas to expose the fraudulent practices that are still going on in the hospital. She said where people have no symptoms of COVID coming to the hospital, such as a gunshot wound, a pregnancy, or basically they were in a car accident, just like I said, or had an injury at home, they test positive for COVID and are coded as a COVID patient when they are admitted in the hospital. They said the release of federal funds are financially benefiting the hospital to such a point they can literally kill the patient and they get no issues with wrong treatment or malpractice. And to demonstrate how this is happening, she said they dealt with a man who gave testimony in public on Veritas about how he was in a car accident where EMS ambulance arrived at the scene, sedated him, airlifted him to the hospital in Tucson, Arizona. He woke up eight hours later on a ventilator because he was diagnosed as a COVID patient. He was all alone in the room when he woke up after he had been sedated. He took himself off the ventilator, removed the IV and the catheter, and demanded to be released from the hospital. He basically was blessed he made it out alive on there. And this happens all the time. I literally hear it happen over and over and over. Steve and I were talking about it yesterday. Because we get phone calls all the time. He gets, you know, he, he's the main guy as far as on the phones. And he said, I got another same exact story. Patient comes in, person comes in, they're having an issue with a certain ailment. They go in the hospital, test positive, put them on remdesivir, ended up killing their aunt. And he goes, I've heard this story now, Austin, like 30 times. And he goes, it's the same story. He goes, I get people on the phone sometimes crying to me. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to get their family out of the hospital because they will not release them. They refuse to let them out because they're a COVID patient and it's for public safety because they're tested positive for COVID and they are literally killing that patient in the hospital with remdesivir. That drug is so toxic. That stuff must have been brewed up at the bottom layer of Dante's Inferno hell, right in the frozen section with Lucifer himself. I'm not joking. When you do the research on this stuff, you start hearing this over and over and over and over again. 
Oh, he died from liver and kidney failure in the hospital again because he contracted COVID. Oh, he died from liver failure and kidney failure again because he was in the hospital with COVID. They put him on remdesivir. I can't even keep up with this amount now of how many stories I've heard this exact same thing from and people in tears and sending me emails asking me what to do. So important if you have a family member that this is happening to, first off, do your best to stay out of the medical industrial complex, period, and don't let them test you, period. That's the biggest thing I can tell you right now. If that situation does happen and you do end up in the hospital or family does, I suggest you get an attorney immediately. I mean immediately if that happens. Even if they're not having any issues yet, get an attorney involved immediately. I mean, dad, one of dad's great friends, we talked about this a couple months ago. He was basically in, stuck in the hospital. They put him in. And they ended up killing him, and they would not release him. And this is what they're doing because remember, with the CARES Act, and this is this is just from what I've read, because I can't verify this because the medical coding and legal jargon is so deep with this. But Attorney Thomas Renz and CMS whistleblower have calculated that they said if somebody dies in the hospital as a COVID patient, they are going to be getting the hospital will get up to about a hundred thousand dollars in total if they basically do the standard care and they do the ventilator and they admit them and they put them on remdesivir and 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 they have to go on dialysis because their kidneys fail they get up to a hundred thousand dollars in federal grant money now remember this isn't just a bill that accumulates with the family either that they're stuck with after the individual dies oh no 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 this is the money that the federal government pays the hospital on top of all that. This is a really, really sadistic racket that we're watching happen right now. So, again, it's still happening. It's not a joke. It's very serious. I've personally witnessed it, and I'm hearing it still all over the country. Do your best to use wisdom if this situation is occurring in a family member or if they're going to the hospital and get an attorney immediately when this starts happening because there is no question about it. The hospitals, in some cases, are extremely complicit in this, and they know exactly what they're doing. When you got a hospital that's generating in now millions upon millions of dollars every single month just in federal grant money for basically making sure people die from COVID or at least admitted into the hospital for COVID, and you really are running the hospital and you don't have a whole lot of ethics, why would you not take the money? I'm being honest with you. If you really don't have any ethics or morals and you run the hospital, and all of a sudden your hospital now is dripping in cash and you have so much money you don't know what to do with it, and you can make bonuses to your doctors and bonuses to your nurses and buy all kinds of new medical equipment and cut yourself bonuses at the hospital director, I mean, why are you not going to take advantage of this unbelievably horrific federal act that went through? Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, another news, this is interesting, Shaquille O'Neal has publicly come out now and absolutely slammed vaccine mandates. He's going on to say that nobody should be forced to take a medical device against their will or medical operation. He said, look, I encourage everyone to be safe and take care of your family, but there are people out there that simply don't want to take this, and you should not be forced to take something that you don't want to. CBS reporter guest Niels Turner tried to argue that vaccine mandates are not forcing people to take the shots. O'Neill disagreed. He said, yes, it's forced, because if you don't take it, that man gets fired. That is absolutely forced. And he goes on to say that individual freedom, despite all the pressure, you need to stand up for your freedom. And O'Neill said, if somebody goes in and they've been working for a job for 10 years and now all of a sudden they're told they have to take a shot or get fired – and that individual goes against their morals and they don't – or that, that shot goes against their morals and they don't want to take it. And he's fired because of it. He goes, you're 100 percent 
mandating it and forcing somebody to get it. And of course, the unbelievably hardcore leftist communist interviewer said, I wholeheartedly disagree because you're putting people in health. It's a public health issue. And what I wish uh, Shaq would have said is he should have brought up the topic of the CDC came out and they said, well, individuals who get the injection can still catch it and can still spread it. What this shot basically does is it's medical device treatment. It's designed to allegedly slow the amount of symptoms you get when you contract it. Doesn't stop you from spreading it. It doesn't stop you from catching it. It just basically slowly reduces the symptoms, allegedly, if the shot doesn't kill you. So this whole topic that we constantly see, you're putting people at risk for not getting the shot. I still have yet to ever hear how somebody can justify this topic when it comes to vaccines. If somebody gets the measles shot and they now have an immunity to measles and you have another individual that's had the measles. And they have a natural immunity to measles. So you have an individual who had the shot, and you have an individual that had the measles. Well, the individual that had the measles that got natural immunity now, he's not putting the individual at risk that's had the measles shot because the whole point of getting the shot is to have a vaccine-induced immunity towards measles. The concept baffles me, and for some odd reason, nobody seems to understand it. You're putting people at risk for not getting the shot. How are you putting people at risk for getting the shot if the shot allegedly protects you from getting it? Oh, that's right. It doesn't protect you from getting it. Well, if it doesn't protect you from getting it and it still doesn't stop you from catching it and spreading it, then how are you any different than somebody that hasn't had the shot other than now you're a pathogen production manufacturing site? This concept has to be brought up repeatedly. Every time somebody wants to argue about it, bring up those facts because this is one of the main reasons what they're doing to use this as the vaccine mandates are good. They're for everybody's protection. You're putting people at risk. No, you are not. That is complete and total talking point lie from the left in order to try to force people to get a medical experiment injection thrusted upon them against their will and not say anything about it. So again, I wanted to bring that up there and I was actually very proud Shaquille O'Neal was open about that because a lot of actors and a lot of celebrities and a lot of athletes now you've seen have been pretty quiet. They just don't want to talk about it because they don't want to get in trouble because a lot of the ones that do talk about it, they get absolutely eviscerated in the mainstream media. So again, it is crucial. People speak your mind on what you believe. If you, like that said, if you do your, your own research and you decide you want to get the shot, totally cool. Go get the shot. Not my problem. Don't ask me what to do after you get it, though, because I'm really like, well, you just shouldn't have gotten it. But again, if you don't want to get it, that is also 100% your right. But do your own research and make your own personal decision about what you think and what you want to do with your own body. What do you think, Dad? Well, you know, when my buddy died last summer, he pleaded with me to get him out of the hospital. He said, Ted, they're killing me. They already put him through one bout of remdesivir. And here's the irony. They put him through one bout of remdesivir. He almost died. So then they put him on intravenous vitamin C. I kid you not. I kid you not. And he started getting better. And then apparently they put him on another bout of remdesivir. And then they killed him. Put him on a ventilator. Done. Finished. Went to his funeral. Spoke at his funeral. Told you guys the story. And he asked me to please get him out. You know, when they, he said, they're killing me, Ted, will you please get me out of here? And I said, you're going to have to go out against medical advice. And I said, I can't do it without your wife's permission and her being involved in this. And quite frankly, she was scared and she didn't want to get involved in it. And so she wouldn't, she refused to engage, you know, and a week and a half later, we buried him. And you think, well, well, could he have lived if he got out of the hospital? I don't know. 
the organ damage could have been so bad from the original shots of you know the injection, you know the IVs of the remdesivir. He told me he said, "This is this is really this is kind of morbid." But I'm gonna tell you what he told me. After they'd given him the shot of remdesivir and he wasn't dead yet, one of the nurses came into his room and held his hand and told him, she said, we cannot believe how strong you are and how you're not on a ventilator yet and how you're not dead. That, what a horrible thing to say to somebody in a hospital. You know, we, we know we're killing you and so we're kind of amazed. She actually went in, the nurse was a Christian. She actually went in and prayed with him. And you think, how horrible is that? What was horrible was when he pleaded with me to get him out and I couldn't. You know, I, I mean, it's just awful, you know, what goes on in these hospitals now. And so and it's being sanctioned and it's all legal. That's the craziest part. I mean, who's responsible if they kill somebody with remdesivir? Well, because of standard medical treatment, apparently they can't get sued. Apparently nobody's trying. I don't know. But again, it's what they do all of the time when they when they when they when they put this kind of garbage into people. By the way, Neil Young, who basically is, you know, really old, failed artist, uh, he basically has tried to silence Joe Rogan and for criticism of the COVID shots. But you got to realize that Young is linked to Blackstone and Pfizer. Just thought I'd mention that. Remember how it's all just this incestuous relationship, and he sold a bunch of his music to these groups of people that were taken over by BlackRock and Pfizer and all the rest of them. So he's all part of that same group that's doing that. Now, John Rappaport, who we've had on the show many, many times, wrote a really good article. And it says three more mental midgets, Fauci, Trump, and Biden. Now, I like John Rappaport. I really do. Now, he's not a Christian, but you know he's really a smart guy. And he goes, basically, uh, he goes, each of the candidates, these new candidates before mental midgets, you know, approaches the generalized pile of horse crap in the town square from a different angle. Biden has been wrapped up in Seoul for some time. He's captive. He's a mouthpiece for Build Back Worse, the economic destruction, censorship, and covert dictatorship, and the dissolution of the separate nations and cultural justice. In other words, everybody loses in the end. The cherry on the cake is that Biden can't find his way from the shower to his bedroom in the White House. He's demented. He suffered a very serious brain aneurysm in 1988. I didn't know this. That's why I'm reading it. And he hasn't been the same since. Before 88, he was the snappy, fast-talking senator who specialized in foreign policy. He was the guy everybody in government listened to, but they studiously ignored him. Now he's in and out of several different worlds, and none of them of his own choosing. He basically is brain-damaged, brain-dead. I'm adding that. Fauci has a trick which appears to make him look smart. He can select or invent inaccurate and ambitious findings from medical studies and issue them as slam-dunk sound bites. Fauci plays a scientist on television. He is an actor. This is not hard to do. Any slightly above average news anchor could fill his shoes. <clears throat> All you need to do <clears throat> is have an overriding theme to guide him. At any given moment, fabricate and announce the worst possible pandemic update. Fauci is useful from a, for a front man for Big Pharma, Bill Gates, the World Economic Forum, and the coagulated lung-obstructing mass of the Rockefeller globalists. Midget. Now, Donald Trump. I'm reading this primarily for Trump. Now, listen to what he says about Donald Trump, because I, I, like, I like Rappaport, and we're all starting to get this now. Donald Trump in 2020 turned over the presidency of the United States to Anthony Fauci. This was the executive order basically declaring a national emergency. That's all you really know, need to know about Trump. Therefore, by proxy, Trump presided over the saturation bombing of the American economy. The economy had plunged the rescue and made great again. 
He promoted the manifestly insane warp speed plan to develop the disastrously destructive COVID vaccines. He knows nothing about vaccines, science, COVID, or any other related subject. His view is if a big corporation can make something happen and sell it in quantity, the product is great. The people who made it are great, and it's great that they're great. He's still out there on the campaign trail promoting the vaccine. He knows by the booing from his followers that many of them hate the vaccine, but this never prompts him to look below the surface and find out why. He doesn't look below the surface because he doesn't want to, and he can't. He doesn't have the necessary attention span. He's unable to coordinate information on his own. He relies on others to talk to him and to tell him what's what. These others tell him the vaccine is effective. In the late winter of 2020, Fauci and Deborah Bricks approached Trump with a computer projection for one of the biggest failures in his field, Neil Ferguson. Ferguson had his own department at the Imperial College of London. The department was funded by Bill Gates. Ferguson predicted 2 million deaths in the U.S. by the summer of 2020. Trump never questioned the projection. He never called a serious meeting of economic advisors to flesh out the long-term effects of lockdowns. He quickly supported a national state of emergency, signaling that the U.S. was ready to shut down its economic engine and huddle in fear. Now, that's all he wrote about Trump. So I'm going to stop as you read the rest of it, and he'll talk about Trudeau some, too. But Rappaport is right. Donald Trump apparently has some type of attention deficit disorder. Now, I'm not picking on him for that because there are a lot of people who have that. I've written an entire book on it. He has a hard time reading. He's probably dyslexic. He doesn't really do computers. He doesn't really do iPhones. He really doesn't do his own research. He only gets the research from the talking mouthpieces that are around him. I told you that one of his top people told me just a few weeks ago at dinner that Trump's not very smart. And that's the truth. He's not. What he does, he gets on a platform, and he's got a really big mouth, and he's a big bully, and he likes to tear people down in public. I can't stand people like that. Now, I would go toe-to-toe with him if I had a chance to debate him. I would. I'd tear him down just as much as he tore me down or tore anybody else down. I would just tell the truth about who he is and what he's done. I'd talk about his Kabbalist witch daughter. I would go. I'd pull the gloves off. I'd do everything. I would, make, I would, I would raise holy H-E double sticks if I got a chance to debate him, but that's never going to happen. So the point is the people they bring in to debate him are told, well, Trump's going to say this, this, and this. Don't say anything back. It'll make you not, it'll make you look like you're non-presidential material. While Trump went in and eviscerated the entire Republican group that was running for president back in 2015. This is who he is. He's just a big playground bully that never got past the age of 12 or 13, probably smartest smoking pot when he's very, very young, and he's got arrested brain development on top of everything else. This is who everybody's hanging their hat on as far as being the person who we want back in the White House in 2024, the one who's going to make America better and shut the entire country down, the one who basically was going to build us a border wall. He did not. The one who's going to stop illegal immigration. He did not. The one who pushed the big gay agenda, which he did, and the one who pushed red flag gun laws, which he did. It never ends. He's another one of the World Economic Forum flunkies that they put on the mainstream TV in order for us to look to him for leadership. He's not that, guys, and I, and I want to commend you know, John Rappaport for writing this article because it takes a lot of guts to talk about Trump. It does. We've been doing it now since 2016 when he started putting all of the CFR members in and started putting in you know, Gottlieb and all the rest of them for the FDA, the Pfizer flunky. All of these people need to realize who are supporting Donald Trump that he ain't the answer. Now, is, is Ron DeSantis the answer? I hope so. I do. But that Yale thing kind of bugs me. It really does. 
But I like Ron DeSantis. I like the way he stood against it, standing against Fauci right now and not playing this game with anybody. I personally believe that if Ron DeSantis became president, he would fire Fauci. I really do. Because I watched him go down and fire Sheriff Israel right in everybody's face. We talked about that yesterday. But guys, please continue to put your hearts and minds in Christ. Please continue to look to the cross and to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. Look to Jesus for the leadership. Pray every single day. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. Guys, make sure you listen to Austin on Hagman tonight. I love you guys. It's been a wild week of shows this week, and I really, really appreciate you, and I had the opportunity to pray for you again today. God bless you guys, and Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Absolutely, guys. Yes, enjoy the show tonight. Have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend. Again, if you need anything on the website, the HGH Stimulate on sale. Purple sticks in stock, the vitamin C with antioxidants. We're getting another small batch of that in on Monday, so be sure to check it out. Also, the super potent E product of the week. Lots of stuff going on at healthmasters.com, so be sure to stay up with it. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you can get the show sent right to your email every single day. And also be sure to check out the ST Brower account on Instagram.com, or Instagram, yeah, Instagram.com, or whatever it is. And um, ST Brower, that's Sharon's post, and we send a lot of stuff over there. It's easy to post and just get it out very, very quickly. So thank you again for the support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Great weekend. Stay sharp, stay sharp, basically. Stay frosty, and we'll talk to you again Monday, as always, on this show. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.